Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you, from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the text for this morning comes from the Revelation according to St. John, as well as the Gospel reading from the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who die in the Lord, is what we just heard saying from the book of Psalms. These are they who have died in the Lord, who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and rejoice in that peace. Marina McCurchin. Marie Hader, Wilford Rathke, these are they who have gone before us along with all those whom you love and know in your heart, who have died in this faith into which you have been baptized. The one we share that sets us apart from this world, this ungodly and damnable world in which you and I continue on as the church militant until we become what John wrote of in the revelation given to him, the church triumphant. And in the meantime, in the meantime, we live in a world that does not recognize us as its own. And we can struggle with that at times. Because all of us have that innate desire to be accepted by the norm, and the norm, unfortunately, has always been and will always continue to be the norm according to the world not according to the God in whose name you bear as his beloved child. The same John wrote in his epistle this morning, the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. That is the same thing he said, the Lord Jesus, to the disciples in the 15th chapter of the same Gospel of John, where he talked about how we are set apart and different than the world. But what you and I struggle with is that we forget. And we're tempted to continually and regularly forget what this world really is and what it stands to become which is completely juxtaposed to what you and I are going to become as these three brothers and sisters in Christ who I've just named have already become. Paul wrote about this kind of a world in which you and I live, which hasn't changed 
It began after Adam and Eve were exiled from the Garden of Eden, and it continued pell-mell down that path since the flood. Hear what Paul has said. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his, his invisible attributes, namely... His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. Though they knew God's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Now, lest we be shocked, throw away the glasses of naivete, we have all known this to be true about this world. You have been set apart. You have known since you were a little girl or boy, you are markedly different than this world. And the things that you hold to be true are at odds with what the world holds to be true. And so it shall be until you close your eyes in this faith. And for us to think that it would be something other than is to really bite into and imbibe the great drink of, as Pastor Stinson has been teaching, Screw tapes brew the devil and what he has been selling to the world and the world has been buying in droves. Now, there are a lot of TV preachers and a lot of popular books that have been written. You can find them at Barnes & Noble in the Christian Inspiration section that are full of tripe and, quite frankly, things that you can use to fertilize your rose bushes about this world and about what God thinks about this world. There is no way that we're going to work harder to make it into a utopia. There is no way that we're going to bring about a Christian state. What God has promised is that His bride shall be victorious and brought into heaven. That is His promise. But in the meantime, in the meantime, your and my struggle is standing up for truth and being the butt of jokes, being different than the world's standard, 
being marked as one who bears Christ crucified and risen, being one who understands and accepts that their own death, your and my mortality, is God's wrath and punishment upon sin. And it hangs over our head like a dark cloud. And we ought to be very mindful of it. For that is the very hope of this world, death. But the world does everything within its power, and we are tempted to embrace such ungodly hope, to think that we can avoid it by certain things that we do in this world. And so again, certain Christians can proclaim there is this need to imitate Christ, as if Christian living is what inherits that life. You all know those who have preceded you in the faith, and you know in your heart of hearts they are not war. Were they always acting as if they were saints? They were damned sinners, just like you and me. And what set them apart is the very thing that sets you apart from this world as well. God's blood that washes their robe and yours white. To imitate Christ is to die in Christ. And death, death is something that definitely marks us as God's condemned. But through such death does come life, just as God in the flesh brought life from death. This is the Christian faith. Frustration builds in this church that you and I are a part, this one holy Christian and apostolic church. Because at many times it looks as if it is the biggest laughing stock of this world. And as if we can't get our own stuff together and all of our edges are completely frayed and we look to be very, very on our way to hell. We sang about that last week. Though with scornful wonder the world sees the church oppressed by schisms rent asunder, by heresies distressed, yet saints their watch are keeping. Their cry goes up, how long? And soon the night of weeping shall be the morn of song. Through toil and tribulation and tumult of her war, she waits the consummation of peace forevermore. Till with vision glorious her longing eyes are blessed, and the great church victorious shall be the church at rest. That's how the world sees us, isn't it? At every turn, that's how the world sees us. And that's, that's the stuff that Satan feeds you and me every time we leave this place. About that which we're a part of, the church. About the one Lord. About the one faith. 
about the one baptism, about the one God and Father of us all who is over all, through all, and in all. That's what's fed to us outside these walls. But here, here you're fed something different. This is where you and I eat and drink our victory. And we sing about it, our victory, that is not beheld by our eyes and oftentimes isn't heard with our ears in this world of din, but is believed upon and trusted in. And we will close our eyes in such faith. When Jesus, to his beloved crowd, gathered there at the Sermon on the Mount, when he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, he's talking about that which dies, our pride. Humility will inherit the kingdom of God. Humility that can only be crushed by the impending death of us, our own mortality. Hence he said in verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you, persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my behalf or my account. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. But you can't see it. And the world tells you it doesn't exist. And you're tempted to think that you can bend a little in this world and still honor God's name. Ironically enough, God gives life by putting to death, and he must put to death us daily. And out of it always comes life, because out of death did come life through Christ. You shall live, and you shall live forever. That is God's promise. And it's completely perceived by John in the vision given to him where he says the great throng of those who have gone before us, who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb, who have no more tears, no more sorrow, no more shame, no more aches and pains, no more ridicule, no more bottom of the heap, victory, but not in this life. In this life we are set apart and we are not of the world. We are God's children now. And what we will be, as John said, has not yet appeared. All that has appeared is what we sing about in the church's one foundation. A church that's completely rent asunder, struggling in chaos, fighting within and fighting without. That is the reality of what we see and the world sees. And yet, by golly, we go forth from here not with downtrodden hearts. We go forth from here with victory on our minds and in our voices, on our tongue, because we have seen and heard and have tasted that blessed are those who die in the Lord. It shall not be the mocking and ridicule of Satan, nor of this world. We shall laugh the last laugh. we shall laugh it with great tears before we die. 
because we will see a lot of sorrow and pain. And we will struggle within ourselves to make it make sense. And it shall not make sense unless we come here to this place. Here it only can make sense by faith. And here is where God wishes for it to be made sense in our hearts. The same place where we celebrate the loved one who has gone before us and lies in that coffin whose victory has been won and their home run went out of the park. And their home. Someday we too shall be with them. We shall be with them as they said. We shall serve Him night and day in His temple. He shall shelter us with His presence. And the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be our shepherd. And He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. In the name of Him in whom we have died and continually die until we die the final death and are brought into heaven. Jesus, who will be our shepherd and will feed us and clothe us with his righteousness forever. In his name, amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds on Christ Jesus to life eternal. Amen.